What would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? If you had all the money, all the time, all the knowledge, all the resources that you needed? What would you do with your life if you simply knew that anything was possible for you? My name is Christina Carlson, founder of Global Swedish Design and stationery brand Kiki K, and author of the book Your Dream Life Starts Here. And I love exploring these sorts of questions to inspire people to dream. Before I started Kiki K, I had a dream that I could bring Swedish design to the world to create beautiful products that bring sparks of joy into the everyday lives of millions. Now that I have achieved that dream, I want to help you dream big. I want to create a global movement to inspire 101 million dreamers to transform their lives and transform the world in return. Each episode, I'll be talking to some of the world's most inspiring people, exploring the powerful impact that dreaming has had on their lives. We'll be diving deep into the power of dreaming with real insights and ideas that you can use immediately to build a dream life of your own, whatever that means for you. This episode, our final one for 2019, I had the pleasure of speaking to one of the amazing founders of Frank Body, the gorgeous Jess Hatsis. Not only is Jess one of the five founding forces behind the coffee-based skincare brand that has taken the world by storm, she is also a founder and director of brand agency Willow & Blake. She has been named in Forbes magazine 30 Under 30 and was named Woman of the Year by Cosmopolitan in 2017. And if all that wasn't enough, she has also recently opened up Frame Fitness Studio with her personal trainer husband. All incredible. As an extremely successful entrepreneur with endless commitments, it's no wonder that Jess believes strongly in the importance of listening to your body and looking after yourself. I just know that you are going to love the story of how Frank Body came to be the multi-million dollar brand it is today through its use of social media and clever marketing language. And in this inspiring episode, Jess shares this incredible story with us as well as plenty more inspiration. Keep listening to discover how a few friends experimenting with ground coffee beans turn into a multi-million dollar global brand. That no matter what your dreams or goals, it's important to understand your weaknesses and find the right people who can help support you in those areas. The importance of building a solid community when building a brand. Tips and advice for anyone looking to start a business. How to establish clear boundaries when it comes to your digital time and social media use. Tips for working through feelings of self-doubt. The power of understanding your values and making choices to live in alignment with them. The importance of stress management techniques in helping you live life to its full capacity. And so much more. So let's get right into it. Hi Jess, I am so excited to have you here and very warm welcome to the Dream Life podcast. 
Thank you for having me. I have been a big fan of your brand for a really, really long time. Oh. So I'm very honored to be here. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. It's lovely to hear. <laughs> well, before we get into so much to talk about, we, we started to talk before the recording and we probably should have recorded because we've got some great stuff in there already. But before I get into that, I'd love to know, as a child, did you have a dream or something you wanted to either do or become as a child? As a child, I think I was exactly the same way I am as an adult yeah. in that I changed my dream every few years. Yes. I wanted to be a ballerina. I wanted to be a politician. I think like every kid, I wanted to be a marine biologist. Yes. There was this common thread in all the things I wanted to do about around storytelling. Yeah. And I kept coming back to my outlet of creative writing, which is eventually what I did as a job. Yes. But I think when you're a child, you, you dream so differently to what you do as an adult. Like yeah. You don't have realities and rational thinking coming in and crushing your dreams like you do when you're 20, 30, 40 years old. So sometimes I really like to try and remind myself to dream big like I did when I was a kid and think that everything's possible. Yeah, absolutely. We have an exercise that is available on our podcast and also on our website called 101 Dreams Exercise where we encourage people to dream really big and without limits and you know what would you do if you couldn't fail if you had all the money the resources the knowledge all the things that we don't have but if you had that what would you do with your life so that might be a good one for you to um, re-engaging I uh, will totally do that yeah yeah. it's amazing and so actually a really good exercise for anyone listening and for your team as well to do within your team because sometimes we are so restricted with the resources that we have and perhaps the knowledge and, and the budgets, always the budgets, and we can't do everything. But sometimes when you dream big and you dreams without, dream without limitations, you come up with some things that might not cost anything or might be very easy to implement, but sometimes we are just too busy or our lives are too full to think like that. So I like, think so too. Yeah. We don't create the time. To no. think about those things, do we? And then we wonder why they don't happen. Yeah. I think it's our responsibility to do it. We're doing all of our team reviews at the moment and we've got our company retreat coming up. So oh, maybe nice. I will yes, test yes, out it's with a good, people. Yeah, yeah, it's a good one. And it's um, if you wanted to use the audio file, it's just on kikik forward slash dream life. And I've just guided – it's a guided free tool that you can use for your team. Oh, I love yeah. that. Okay, yeah. I'll check it out yeah. and report back. <laughs> okay, so for anyone listening and – who might not know about you and your business, just tell us a little bit about how what you, how you started and how Frank Body came about. Oh, weird kind of winding story. So I think it actually starts back about 11 years ago. I'd left my master's and I was in my first full-time role and I was looking for a creative outlet and I've always loved writing and a lot of my role uh, was comprised of writing, but my two best girlfriends also happened to be writers and we started a blog called Willow and Blake. And that eventually evolved into our very first business, which started as a copywriting business because we noticed that there was a really big gap in the market. There were branding agencies, event, PR, design, but nobody really focused on the written word. Yeah. And that was our bread and butter and we loved it and we thought that there was so much more opportunity for people to do great things with words. And yeah. it was always, you know, these words just slapdash across a page yeah. and then 99% of the focus on the design and yeah. it's the language a lot yeah. of the time that means the most and makes the most difference. Mm-hmm. So we started Willow and Blake and we were doing a lot of copywriting and brand strategy and social media strategy for clients. And we always like to try and push things to the boundaries. Like we were quite well known for our esoteric ideas. You didn't come to Willow and Blake if you just wanted cookie cutter stuff or yeah. if you wanted to be like, hey, I love this brand. Can you just copy it for me? Yeah. Ethical issue with that. But yeah. also it's really boring. I yeah. like being original and coming up with ideas. Yeah. What we found was, unfortunately, some clients were a bit risk adverse and they would 
be scared when we would present them those bold ideas and we started to find ourselves a little bit frustrated because we felt as though there were so many good ideas going to waste and perhaps we needed a case study where we controlled every aspect of the project to really help people understand if you do think a little bit bold and you think a little bit bigger, what can be achieved. So that was where the idea for Frank Body came from. It was really supposed to be an in-house case study. It never meant to grow into what it is now. That's amazing. I love stories like that because anyone listening now can draw from this and actually thinking about sometimes it just comes out of you know no plan exactly yeah I think sometimes no plan is the best plan yeah because you're not so stuck on this rigid course you can be a little bit more fluid and see yeah. where things take you so myself Brie and Eri who are my co-founders in Willow and Blake and two other partners Steve and Alex came together to come up with an idea for a product-based business so us as Willow and Blake, we would look after all the marketing and the branding and then Steve and Alex would look after more of the operational and logistical side of the business. We had no idea what the product would be though. We knew it needed to be interesting and different from a branding perspective. We wanted to target women that were in their mid-20s because at the time that was our age. So we thought, well, we know what we want. We can target this consumer. And we saw a huge white space to use Instagram because brands weren't using that platform yet. It was just consumers like people talking one-to-one. So we saw we had these three things and like, now we actually need a product to put all of that around. Love that. And we had all these random ideas. The central theme in the product philosophy was that it should be something within the health and wellness space. Yeah. We were becoming really interested and really conscious of the things we were consuming, the things we were putting on our bodies. Yeah. But it had to be different. We didn't want to just create something that had already existed. Yeah. And it was Steve who owned a series of cafes in Melbourne who actually came up with the first product idea, the original coffee scrub. And it was because two women had asked for the coffee grinds that a lot of people would take coffee home to use for the garden fertilizer. But these two ladies really liked taking it home and using it themselves in the bath. Yeah. And we did a lot of research and it turns out that uh, recycled coffee grinds aren't actually that great because the caffeine is in the cup of coffee and not in the grind. So we just revised the things that we put in it was really like we went into the kitchen pantry you know what have we got in here we've got some orange oil yeah we've got some coconut oil some salt some coffee you're able to that was how the base i i always say formula with quotation marks around it because it feels like such a strange word it was more like a recipe that you applied to your body and then we got in the shower we covered in our you know ourselves in this scrub looked like swamp monsters but it felt incredible and when you just know don't you sometimes when you're onto something yeah it's strange and it's got its challenges around how you market it, but it's really unique. Yeah. And I think that's where a lot of the best businesses and best brands have come from in that they've created new categories or they've found a point of difference within existing categories. Yeah. And that's what Frank Body was. Fantastic. I love it. Yeah. It's such a great story. So tell us a little bit about, because I think having done some research on you and the business, I think social media is really what made you global so I'd love to hear about that because I think that's something what I'm fascinating having been in business for a little bit longer social media didn't exist when I started business and you know I always laugh because my kids don't don't understand life before internet and um, and it's just a different way but you know my dream back then was to become a global brand and that was a big I guess statement at the time because I had to actually open stores, physical, physical stores, yeah. and I think what's the most exciting now, but it, but it's not easier because there's more, you know, there's more competition, there's more noise out there. But what I find the most exciting right now, if you have a product like yours that you know people really love and a brand that they really love, it's it's so much easier to to grow globally. Yeah, because it was funny. I was in New York um, not that long ago, 
And one of my dreams is to open in New York. And, uh, you know, I wear I Love New York t-shirts to board meetings. And I, you know, it's something I really You're want to do. Manifesting that then, dream. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. And then, you know, I share my dreams all the time because you never know who's who yes. having a shop in New York or something. And that's how I met someone. And I can't even think of that person's name now, but we can talk about that after, that mentioned you guys oh, because really? you did like, yeah. a little bit of a pop-up in New York, we right? We did, yeah. 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 So... I'll, going back to where we were, <laughs> I'd love to for you for the listeners to hear a little bit of how you establish yourself globally um, through social media or if there was any other tools that you used. Social was definitely a huge part of it. We yeah. were really fortunate at the time that we were creating our business. Yeah. We didn't have competitors as such in the coffee scrub category. So we were really the only people playing in that space. Yeah. And like you said, social media is a global platform. Sweden was actually one of the first countries we had an order come in from. Oh, fantastic. Like, how? Yeah. How did someone in Sweden find yeah. us? And then we started to see them trickle in from all these different areas in the first couple of days. Our strategy was very intense and it's changed a lot. Like what we did eight years ago nearly will not work at all today. Yeah. And even yeah. for us, we've had to go back to scratch and it's really hard yeah. to admit that you're no longer good at the thing that you were really good yeah, at. Yeah, yeah, you have to move on. It. <laughs> it's tough. But we were so fortunate that we had that global platform that was free at the time as yeah. well and even influencers were free to work with. People were just doing it for a genuine love of yeah. product reviews. Yeah. And that space has shifted so much. Yeah. We all know that. Yeah. I think the other thing was we were able to scale globally and it's always the unlooked overlooked and unloved part of the business because Alex and Steve did so much amazing logistical work. Yeah. At first we were shipping things from Australia, yep. which is like circumnavigating yep. Jupiter to mm -hmm. get it to the USA. It takes three weeks. It costs $100 to send a $14 scrub. Yep. So those kind of things, they did all the boring legwork, like working with local 3PLs and the fulfillment centers and postage centers so that we could actually get product in people's hands. Yeah. So I think it's really important to remember the coupling of the two. When If anyone's got dreams of like global domination and you live somewhere like we do where we're really isolated from the rest of the world, even yeah. though we have global connectivity through the internet, the boring nuts and bolts of the business need to be there for us to actually be able to scale in that yeah. manner. Yeah. And social is just this ever-evolving thing for us. I really struggle with it now and I spend less and less time on social media the busier I get and I have a real love-hate relationship with it yeah so I'm sure a lot of people do yes absolutely yeah it's afforded us to grow the business that we have now but I think as we were discussing earlier it can really it can set a lot of people up for failure because we get this very filtered view of the world and we don't get exposed to a lot of the harsh realities yeah. of just everyday life that we all know we go through but yeah but somehow we forget when we're looking at Instagram that yeah. this is this is the highlights reel, it's the photo album, that's fine, that's what this platform's yeah. for. Yeah. And it can be a real time vacuum. Yeah. You know, you, I feel like I've become a lot less productive in some capacities because of the easy access I have to apps like Instagram. Yeah. Just feel, you know, flit away hours of my time. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. I also think now when people can contact you, because I think when I started it was emails people you're yeah. calling um which was when you to get to you is much easier now through direct messages yeah. messenger linkedin and you know whatsapp and all the other platforms yeah. and you know it's funny because i'm I'm, do, I'm doing a little gathering next week to do some dreaming and and i i was thinking i i know this girl um that i want to invite but she and she contacted me the other day but i actually could not find where she was yeah. um and it's just funny how you know it's 
it's just all over and it's definitely very time consuming. So have you got any tips for anyone who's dealing with that kind of issue? In terms of time management? Yeah. Yeah. The most basic one ever. I put time limits on my phone for yeah. all of my apps and then I quit Instagram for a few months because yeah. I'm, I'm really bad at moderation and that's yeah. something I've learned about myself as I get older. Yeah, I am. All, all or nothing. Or nothing. Yeah, well, you're in good company. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like all bad. <laughs> One square of chocolate. Who are these people? I don't yeah. understand. So I had to quit for a while and I went on a bit of a digital detox and then coming back on, I established clear boundaries for myself. But even now I can find myself breaking them. I don't know if anyone's used the timer app on their phone, but it expires and then it comes up with options one more minute 15 minutes ignore timer for today and it's so easy the button's right there yeah so it's about discipline and then like not beating yourself up if you waste time because we're all going to do that we do it on different things yeah yeah and if you're struggling with social media in in a business i think hiring people that are really still passionate about it is important because i lost my passion for social and i just i didn't want to do it anymore and you can't have somebody doing things that they don't care about yeah and now we look at platforms like we're about to start on TikTok. Yeah. I feel like a geriatric. When I opened that app, I, what are these people doing? I don't understand. How is this a thing? But it's a thing. It's just people that are 15, 20 years younger than me. They're yeah. playing on it. And yeah. I can't be bothered learning why and how. So I have wonderful people that care about why and how and they do it. So, yeah, yeah I think no matter what area it is when you're looking to dream, it's about understanding your weaknesses or the things you don't care about as much and then finding people to help support you in those places yeah absolutely one of the things when I started the business was um as we start a business we everyone has to do whatever needs to be done yeah. often you can't afford someone but my dream was always financial side wasn't my passion yeah. and I'm not driven by that at all so um, that was the first that I had on my um, on my list to outsource when I could yes. so I had to learn it in the beginning and I always think or I thought that that was such a waste of time because it was so boring and you know nothing creative in it except sometimes to balance the the accounts, which was not always the easiest yeah. when you were struggling in the beginning, but I think that's a good. It's a good lesson as we, or even in in, in normal life as well, to delegate stuff that we are not passionate about or yeah. or, um, or good at. Yeah, and you put it really well. It's about when and where you can. Yeah, we did the things that we hate for years, or the things that we weren't good at for yeah. years because we were a startup. We had yeah. no money. Yeah, so like, this wasn't day one. We came out of the gate and I hired a hundred people. Yeah. And this was four or five, six years into the journey. Yeah. And even then, every time we hire someone, it's like, can we afford that? Is it absolutely critical yeah. to the business? And now we've just learned more about why it's important yeah. and how to hire smartly. And yeah. Yeah. It's a tough yeah. balance to strike. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So in terms of building an online community, that must have been super important for you guys and tell us a little bit about how frank came about and your language is a little bit you know funny and frank (laughs) when we were looking at the platform that we were going to use to initially launch the business it was predominantly instagram yeah and for us it was a no-brainer to use that platform in the way that the people who were using it were yeah so we couldn't come in with a really corporate driven sort of language or jargon and science words, all that kind of stuff, had to be lay language, really down to earth, really honest, like you were talking to a friend because that's yeah. what you're doing on Instagram. Yeah. So when we explain it to people, they're like, oh, my God, that's so smart. I'm like, it's just common sense. Like you wouldn't go into a board meeting and use emojis. Yeah. So you don't go into emoji land and use terminology that you'd use in a board meeting. It's just for us that's how it worked. Um, but you're right, it was exactly around fostering a community. So 
it's labor intensive and it can feel really repetitive, but making sure every single person that engages with the brand feels seen is our number one priority. And even things for us, instead of calling it the customer service team, it's the customer experience team because it's really easy to make those jobs that traditionally look like they sit at the bottom of the food chain. They're so important. Absolutely. Like they're, these people in those roles sometimes know more about the business than I do because they see all of the things that go right and go wrong. So it's just about always kind of fostering that engagement and we like to hear feedback and we don't ever censor feedback. So even people that have negative things to say, we want to hear it and then that helps us make better decisions going forward. So I think creating a really safe community where it's about fun, like we're a cheeky brand. Yeah. But we're cheeky because you have to be naked to use our products. Like you don't get in the shower in your jeans and a t-shirt and then try and scrub. You're naked. So I always say like it's not like the Chico Roll ad where the girl was naked on a motorbike to sell like a sausage roll or whatever was in a Chico Roll. <laughs> You're naked with the Frank Body products because that has that's how you use them. So there's this inherent sexiness and cheekiness to the brand. So it was kind of about bringing all of those elements together and the character of Frank was created so that we could have that one-on-one first-person tone of voice when we were playing on social platforms. Yeah, yeah, it's very clever. And you've gone obviously from selling online but also into stores. So how was that transition? Because obviously that's a different way because you're selling into two stores that are, you know, have different points of view. You know, wholesale is, um, is something that we do too. So be good to hear your experience in that the wonderful world of wholesale (laughs) that was a strategic decision for us because we had noticed over the course of the initial few years of the business growing that the platforms that we were playing on predominantly weren't working anywhere near as effectively as they were we were really worried about being considered a fad we had tons of copycat brands like right it was like a race to the finish line basically and we knew if we didn't do some really clever things to differentiate ourselves from those brands that were only living on Instagram, yeah. especially in the affordable price range that we yeah. were. It'd be really easy for coffee scrubs to be a thing that you were like, oh, yeah, they were cool in, you know, 2013 and I've forgotten yeah. about them. Yeah. So for us, the whole business became about shifting to not just being coffee scrubs but producing affordable, natural, caffeinated skincare yeah. and then giving ourselves credibility by partnering with brands and retailers that we thought offered that credibility so that was why we worked with mecca here yeah and we set our sights at the top we're like who's the best beauty retailer in australia yeah it's mecca they didn't have any australian brands in their stores at the time they only offered exclusive international brands that was their entire philosophy so we're going in there like hey we have this 14.95 product that you can already buy everywhere online in australia would you like to work with us and it was about in those instances understanding their business priorities, their strengths and their weaknesses and looking at how we can complement each other. Yeah. And then we did the same thing in other regions throughout the world. Yeah. And I think it it's only ever really bolstered what we do online yeah. because people see us not just as that Instagram brand anymore. Yeah. We're a serious player in the skincare space. Yeah. So that was really why it's testing. Yeah. It's really hard. Yeah. They're incredibly demanding. Obviously, you're working with wholesale prices. You've got less control over your brand than you would. And I think you and I are really similar in that regard that we care so deeply about our brands yeah. and how they're presented yeah. that it's really hard. <laughs> I take control. photos wherever I go and I'm just sitting I'm like, mm, maybe not this way. Who <laughs> made this decision? It's tough. But ultimately the right the right decision for us. It's resulted in the whole business growing 
in so many ways and like yeah. not just from a revenue perspective but knowledge wise like we've learned a lot over the yeah. last few years by doing that so yeah. I wouldn't change it at all yeah yeah no I think it's a good way of getting into more hands and that's yeah. what you ultimately want to do with your products obviously so if you could give one piece of advice for anyone looking to start their own business what would you say oh my advice is to ask yourself the question about why you want to start your own business yeah good one I think think we're living in this age where it is fantastic that people can dream about starting their own businesses. It wasn't actually something that I dreamed about growing up because I wasn't really presented with that as an opportunity, especially as women. Yeah. You know, I, but I don't want people to feel like success is only defined by opening their own business because it's not for everybody. No. People need to work within businesses. They need teams to survive. So we literally can't have the entire world owning their own business and for some people, they're going to be so much better suited and contribute so much more to that business in the world yeah. by not being the owner or the founder. Yeah. So just, yeah, that's my advice. Go back and ask yourself why you want to do it, yeah. if you feel like you're supposed to do it or if you're just truly passionate about it. And yeah. if it's the latter, then go forth and start planning and actually doing because it's you need to move past the thinking phase now and actually get some stuff done. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that's my best. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good one because I de- definitely don't think it's for everyone. And I don't think – I think we all as founders and business owners plan for this. You know, we have the business plan and then we put a curve for growth and, you know, and it's all a very straight line. And, yeah. of course, that line is never straight. It's ups and downs. And even when you're an established business that we've yeah. been for a long time, it's always so much up and downs. And, and I think you can never really rest and just feel – made it unless you decide to sell and then you made it perhaps in your journey but I think it's just an ever-changing cycle in terms of business yeah yeah and, and especially to today's world because things change so quickly like that. yeah you never know everything like you get you're on top of stuff one day and the next day everything that you thought you knew has gone out the window and it's really hard work yeah you would know this by experience it is nine to five does not exist anymore when you open your own business and you really a lot of us, I went into it going, I want to create my own lifestyle. It's the dumbest thing I've ever told myself because, <laughs> yes, there are people that have managed to strike that balance, but for the vast majority of people that are running businesses or in executive positions, you work all day, every day, even when it looks like you're not working. Like I will look like I'm going for a walk, but I'm actually brainstorming something. Yeah. And you and I are here right now for this hour, and I know without doubt your schedule would have been like mine. Like you're jam-packed to the minute that we sat in this room, and then from the second I walk out, I'm like, I have 15 minutes to get back, and I'm doing one of my team reviews, yeah. and then I'm working again until 7.30 that yeah. night. That's the life it requires. You give up so much of other components of your life yeah um, and it requires so much resilience yeah. which takes a long time to build and I'm yeah. still building yeah and I think that's why when people ask me I always say you have to do something you're passionate about because you're going to spend so much time thinking about it yeah. doing it and you know when it's the most challenging time you you need to be really passionate because you're going to love it so I used to go to the stores on Saturday nights instead of going out I used to go take a bottle of wine to Chadston or wherever I went and re-emerge that's because I loved it I like, love- I think really loving it, being so passionate. And even when we had the most, you know, challenging time, and we all go through those in, in different forms. But I always remember, like, when the samples arrived, the products, because I was so loving the products, then I was like, oh, it doesn't matter if I have a bit of a cash flow challenge or, you know, challenge yeah. with a team member, whatever it was, because now my pen arrived. <laughs> yeah, and I love it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I think passion is really, really important as well. I agree. So talking about that in in terms of work-life balance, what 
do you have any particular wellness or self-care practice that you do to that is perhaps non-negotiable or or very um, important to you to be because obviously we don't want to get burnt out so I hear that all the time that people get burnt out so I'd love to share as many tips as we can on on anything that you have many I got quite sick about two years ago from it was stress-related burnout and it could sound really fluffy when you say that I was hospitalized like that's Mm. the point that I got to trying to grow my businesses and taking on stress I had poor stress management techniques and I don't think I had anywhere near the resilience that I've built up in the two years since it really required me to take a step back and look at what was going on in my life what was making me happy what was the real cause of the stress yeah and I started to realize that the root causes of my stress were that the times I carved out for myself were around high intensity activity yeah terrible for someone whose cortisol levels are already so elevated I was really bad at giving and receiving feedback I always identified as a person that didn't like confrontation and I associated feedback with that and it since then I've done so much work in that space because they're not the same thing yeah. like we should just be able to sit at a table and I should say oh you know I actually don't think that's the right direction yeah but I was scared to say that and I reflect now and I was always that kid that was scared to get in trouble and never wanted to do anything wrong I think a lot of it stems from these things these values that we instill in ourselves as a child yeah so the first thing I did was really take a step back from my high-intensity exercise routine. Yeah. I learned to just be a bit more gentle with myself yeah. and do things like going for a walk. Yeah. Now I practice yoga three or four times a week yeah. and I love it. That's really my meditation practice. Yeah. I find it's the best way for me to calm my mind. Once I get to Shavasana, all the thoughts come flooding in again. I'm like, well, we had a good 59 minutes. It was nice. Yeah. I started doing a lot of research to try and understand my body, my sleep type, my genetics and heaps of work around supplementation Yeah, because I wasn't giving my body the support that it needed. Yeah, And I'd been going through that phase of like quite strict in terms of the foods I wouldn't, wouldn't let myself eat. Yeah. And everything I've worked towards now is about balance yeah. and being in balance and being at peace. So yeah, just the older I get, the more I realize I don't need to be so results-oriented yeah. all the time. Yeah. And I just chill out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's some good ones. Yeah. <clears throat> Best thing I can ever think of doing is just relaxing. Yeah. 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 We've, we moved to the country six months ago because it literally it just reinforces those values. Yeah. And we wake up on the weekend and the only thing I have to do that day is go to yoga and make a cup of tea. Yeah. And I like yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just about finding those practices that really help you and it starts with understanding who yeah. you are. And what is important to you as well because yeah. so many people, I often talk about this on the podcast, it might be a bit repetitive for some who's listening on the every episode, but I, I have a, a rule on Sunday and when I say a rule, it's not a perfect one because, of course, that changes sometimes, especially when you have children. But I try to not have anything booked on Sundays. Yeah. So um, getting up and just have that feeling of nowhere to go, nowhere to be, and it's just best, best feeling. And some people just think that that is the most boring I thing. I love that. <laughs> and you know, the funny thing is that I, I, I don't tend to, I don't, um, I don't cook as much as I like to. I'm very grateful for Uber Eats now where you can actually get healthy choices <laughs> yeah. um, compared to, you know, when before that you kind of sometimes had to drive for, and takeaways like the, that quick option. So I don't cook as much as I like to, but I love um, looking at cookbooks mm-hmm. because that is for me a creative 
way of looking at beautiful pictures, often storytelling in cookbooks. I yeah. love that. You know, why why do they yeah, do like this recipe? The historical reference. Exactly. Yeah. And then the beautiful pictures and it's creative without me having to do anything about it because, you know, if I see something and be like, oh, should, we should do this or we should do that colour or, you know, and then I'm yeah. like, I just let myself do And we also have a rule because I work with my life partner yeah. um, that we don't – because what he's – you know, he looks after more the operational side in terms of, you know, the shops and, you know, I might say, oh, let's open the shop on this street and he'd be like, I don't want to hear about that. And I, in return, I don't want to hear about anything about colours or, or topics or anything um, that I'm dealing with. So I think it's been a really good rule for anyone working together um, or planning to do that, I think setting some rules. And, of course, we are entrepreneurs, so we break them sometimes. Yeah, that's natural. But, um, but I think um, having um, having a day a week, and even when I started a business, and I'm in much more balance now because I'm much bigger team and yeah. and obviously in the, in the startup that was not the case but one thing that I did was once a month I had a day off and there was no plans like I was not even allowed to book a yoga class because I, I just wanted to wake up and just really you know sometimes I just walked into the city and went to the movies on my own and yeah. but I'm, I love my own time and some people need people to, yeah. to energize but I think really understanding how you operate in terms of where do you get your energy and for me that's solitude and some people need people to kind of get that energy back I could not agree with you more in terms of looking at internally at who you yeah. are I'm a true introvert and yeah. a lot of people don't understand what that means they think it means you're shy but yeah. it actually means you rejuvenate yeah. through solitude by yeah. being on your own and I think spending some time understanding your value systems as well I really value freedom and flexibility yeah and in our modern day society where we're online all the time yeah. and especially as founders of businesses where we're working so hard and then you make social commitments on the weekend, I would, there was no time left for me to yeah. just wake up one day and see what I felt like doing that day. Yeah. And spontaneity is really important to me. Yeah. So I do a similar thing. I yeah. really try to avoid making plans. My team, I swear, they look at me, they're like, what are you doing this weekend? I'm like, oh, nothing. Yeah. It doesn't mean by the time Sunday night rolls around that I didn't do anything. Yeah. I did heaps of things, but yeah. I did what I felt like in the yeah. moment. Yeah. So I love that. That's yeah. not for everybody. There are people who are the complete opposite and yeah. like love plans and hate not having things in their schedule. Yeah. So it's just don't ever feel like you need to be like somebody else. Yeah. If you're listening to us and you don't identify with that, then don't do what we do. No, exactly. And in my book, Your Dream Life Starts Here, I have a section on, on finding your passions and your values because I think that is so important because then you learn how to say no. And I think that that's been one of my strengths from early days because I just couldn't, when you start your own business and you work so much, I, for me, it was really important. I knew that really early that I needed that time, and sometimes friends didn't understand that, and family members, etc. But I think it's really, really important to find what is important to you. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah, I that's become a practice of myself, learning how to say no. Yeah, and. I found the best thing I could do was actually explain to people that I was going through this practice. And yeah. I'm feeling really overwhelmed and stressed and the way for me to manage it is I just have to really put limits on certain things. Yeah. And it helped me set, like the expectation was there. People didn't take it personally. They knew I was trying to work through something and now the groundwork's done. I'm like, no, I can't do that. Yeah. People get why. Yeah. So it's kind of weird and tough at first yeah. and then you just find a rhythm and people don't think twice about it no and I think it's something that you've you know as, the more you do it the more, like with everything you know the more you practice it the better you become but I have an exercise in my book called uh, life is short and that is about 
making sure that you realize that life is short to make sure that you do live a life that is true to yourself and I have an exercise that you where you imagine which is a you know not a it's a quite confronting exercise thinking about if you were to die in three years time what would you do differently today and that often gets us connecting from our heads into our hearts instead because you know as entrepreneurs and founders and business owners we sometimes get to you know use our head more than we um, think about (laughs) what really is important to us and that exercise what would I do differently today if I was dying three years time is has been so important to me because that often you you just think you know all the things that I'm stressing about doesn't really matter if I'm dying in three years time there's other things that are much more important and it's more just to realize that um that one day we will die to make sure because yeah. sometimes I think people go through, you know, even, you know, hospital, go to hospital or, or someone passes away or break up a relationship or whatever it is. Often we, we tend to wake up then. But if you do this exercise, that gets us to that space uh, pretty quickly. I'm going to do that. Yeah, I love I have that. a book for you. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Everything you've been saying, I'm like, I'm going to get this book. <laughs> well, you will have the book. I have oh, it here thank for you. you. So in my, in my book, I talk a lot about um, the question of who as who can help in my business experience i always i have big dreams and i've been you know i'm really you know out there have big dreams global dreams but i never really think about what i always think about who can help me who's done this before so you know when i started retail i had no idea about retail so i had like a loads of coffees with retailers and then I don't still don't know the social media side so I often you know um, ask people can we just have a coffee and you can teach me about this and even my kids now teach me about social media (laughs) which is amazing but I always think about who who can I learn from and who's done this before me because even if it's not someone hasn't done exactly what I'm doing someone has done something similar so have you got someone in your life where you think about who has helped you there have been so many people and it changes all the time because the needs yeah. that we have change all the time. When we started Willow and Blake, we were these, we were almost stalking people. We would just ask everybody to go to a coffee. And it's not that it was any one individual, but it was more that we weren't afraid to ask questions and we weren't afraid to look like we didn't know. Yeah. And people are always scared to, to be vulnerable yeah. and to sit down and ask someone a question because they think they'll look stupid. Yeah, yeah I never thought that because I, I don't. <laughs> yeah, you look more stupid if you get to the other end and you never ask questions and yeah. you do everything yeah. a way that doesn't work. My parents were amazing. They were always really supportive. And now it's almost the reverse. I don't necessarily always go externally to other people, but I actually really come, have come to rely on a lot of my team. Yeah, I think that doesn't always happen as much as it could where people in C-suite roles will go down through the ranks of the team and be willing to learn from them. Mm. And so that's what I do. Like We've hired them because they're experts in their field. They know heaps more than me about logistics or retail or social. So I ask them a lot of questions now. But something for me to work on is making more time to work with or ask questions and spend time with people who are outside the business. I don't dedicate enough time to that. And it's something I used to do a lot more of. Yeah. Yeah, one of my um, going back to book the book a lot, but just because it's it's the the theme is to create your perfect day. When I say perfect, there's no such a thing as perfect. But if you could create a perfect day, what would that be? And on Fridays, I go into my kids' school and as part of the assembly because I don't involve myself a lot in the school. But that's one thing that I 
do if I'm not traveling. And then after I, I often go out for breakfast on my own or a coffee and, you know, review the week and stuff because reflection is really important to me. And mm-hmm. then I try to meet someone inspiring because and it could be an influencer it could be someone in business could be a friend that I find really inspiring and that just makes you feel that you just learn something and you feel inspired and it just gets you into the weekend feeling inspired so who would you say inspires you that's a really nice practice and I get really inspired by people doing incredibly different things to me yeah and that's something I always challenge myself with I try not to draw knowledge and inspiration from people that are just too similar to myself because it's almost like this confirmation bias. I just want to hear the things that I'm doing right. So I spend a lot of time listening to and reading from people from diverse fields and diverse backgrounds and that's who I find the most inspiring because they always teach me to look at things in a way that I wouldn't have otherwise. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's a really good one. And talking about that, a lot of people that I meet – are really struggling with self-doubt and mm. and not believing in themselves. And that could be from childhood and it could also be, be by going into a field that they they don't really know much about or, you know, go, um, dreaming big and really tackling something that is a little bit out of reach, as it seems, as we all grow into the dreams. So for anyone struggling with self-doubt and self-belief, have you got any tips? I have struggled with self-doubt my entire life. Yeah? Yeah so many different forms I'm always amazed by the people that don't they just have this like sheer unwavering confidence (laughs) share the secret with everybody I think my advice is to just understand that you're never the only person going through that in the times where you're not going through that someone really close to you probably is so ask people if they're doing okay yeah my partner and I do that for each other all the time yeah um we can tell pretty easily when the other one's going through a period of self-doubt and we'll just sit down and talk to each other about it yeah i find if i'm going through phases of self-doubt trying to write it down and look at what's really the core of the problem yeah is a big helpful practice to me and then knowing that no state is permanent yeah i feel like this now i'm not going to feel like that in a day or a month or a year or 10 years whatever it might be yeah just forward thinking I think is really the key to really addressing self-doubt and knowing that a lot of the time it might require action as well things don't just change we have to change things um if we're in these circumstances or positions that we don't like sometimes we're in them and we can't change them because they're bigger macro forces yeah but other times we might think oh you know I've been working at this business for months and it's not working and it becomes about self-doubt when maybe it needs to become about self-discipline and yeah. prioritization so there's always just these these different levels and reasons that we have doubt yeah and it's working out what really the cause is yeah it? absolutely and in that dis- discovery it's we often find things that is is can work to your to your advantage eventually as well so exactly yeah, yeah. and thinking on paper i love that you know, I start my mornings with writing three morning pages and that's my way of thinking and often deal with the things that I'm going through on paper and then I throw it away. I like that. Yeah. Set it on fire, burn yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> Getting it out of my system. Yeah. And I think, you know, I get that question all the time, how did I not burn out? Because I worked a lot, like we all do when we start. And I really think that it was the writing in the mornings because I, I never sat with things I I, um, I wrote about it and then I either shredded it or burnt it or whatever and it really helped me I think it's a really 
good practice of whether we write it down, whether we talk to somebody about it, getting things out of our system is just one of the best things yeah. we can do because yeah. that festers yeah. and you become so unhappy. Yeah. I even see it with my team now. If I can tell something is bothering them at work, I'll try and draw it out of them because yeah. that's how people become so unhappy and fulfilled when they're just holding on to things that they haven't really spoken up or voiced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Both really amazing. So being a dreamer as I am, I truly believe that we can all create our dream life. And I say dream life, it's not a perfect life. I think the bigger dream, you know, the more challenges and the more things we have to get over. But if I asked you, if you couldn't fail, if you could do anything, what would your top dreams be? It's a a hard question. I have so many different dreams and I do think about what will be next. I don't think that Frank Body and Willow and Blake are my forever passions in life I think it will come to an end eventually and someone else will become the custodian of the brand or brands yeah that might be many many years away yeah but afterwards I've I've always been really interested in oh there's a few different fields I'm really interested in interiors and travel I really love beautiful hospitality so I think maybe there'd be something for me to do in that space yeah because even though I have products so much of my work exists digitally I'm really drawn to things now that are more tactile yeah I want to create a room that I can actually be inside of instead of staring at a phone or a computer yeah Um, and then the other side of things I'm really interested in kind of neuropsychology and biohacking like the fields could not be more different but I'm so interested in that and I became really fascinated by it after I became so run down yeah so who knows? I've got a long life ahead of me. Yeah. Maybe I'll do both. Yeah. 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 I don't think we ever have to have just one dream. No, absolutely not. No, in my book, I have room for 101. Um, I like that. Just Good. to kind of really get everything out. And then obviously you choose um, you choose a few that you need to focus on because we can dream all our life, but we actually have to take some action, of course. Exactly. <laughs> get it done. I'm going to finish off by asking you a few questions that I know our listeners would love to hear. If you could give one piece of advice to the next generation to help them live their dream life, what would you say i would say to the next generation to focus on building your resilience mm. that is a good one yeah. I, I don't think we can really achieve anything without being resilient and it was something that i didn't have enough of yeah. and became a stumbling block yeah because of it and i've spent a lot of time working on it ever since and yeah. i just wish i'd known it earlier i yeah. probably could have avoided a lot of issues that i ran into yeah it's an interesting one because um being a parent when you you want to help your your kids so much but you also know how important it is to have those kind of stumbling blocks and and because that's what creates resilience when you have to you know work something out and it's so easy as a parent to try to help and you know making sure that their dream life is their perfect dream life but I think you look at people who you know like Richard Branson who you know who had a problem with reading and etc people who had to work hard are the ones often that succeed so I think that is a really good advice yeah thanks for sharing that do you have any particular morning routine I love morning routines (laughs) do you yeah I go back and forth because part of this journey that I went on was understanding myself and I came to realize that I, I had so much pressure on myself to be a morning person and then going through this research phase I realized that my chronotype literally doesn't allow me to be a morning person and how there are these four different types of people and I fall into this one. Like naturally I stay up later and I rise later and I'd always thought I was a bad person because I didn't get up at 5am and I hate it. I hate it so much. 
What I do really try to do though is the first thing I do is make myself a black coffee and pat my dog and try and have a stretch. And the biggest challenge I'm facing now is not getting online immediately. Yeah. I have a team that I work with. Part of our Frank Body team has an office in New York. Yeah. So they're coming to the end of their work day if I wake up at six or seven. Yeah. And it's habitual. I get my phone and I'm on Slack and I'm on email and I've started my day by working and I have you get off on the wrong foot. Yeah, absolutely. So I think no matter what time of the morning it is, yeah. whether you get up at 5 a.m. or you get up at midday, it's about establishing a practice that's helpful for how you want to go about that, your day. So on a good day, it looks like me reading my, co- reading my coffee, drinking my coffee and reading a book that yeah. is just a fiction, <laughs> not a business book or a yeah. self-help book, just for a few minutes because I love storytelling. Yeah. I still read so many other books that are a little bit more on the practical side because yeah. I love that knowledge. Yeah. But I also needed to remember to carve out the time to just be in fantasy land. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a beautiful, beautiful start. And I, I cannot agree more because it's we will. I have the similar because I have a lot of family in Sweden and friends, and it's so easy to just go on Instagram to see what's been happening. But when I start without that, it's so much better. Yeah, yeah. I failed this morning. Yeah. I worked from yeah. the second I got up. Yeah, yeah. But yesterday morning, I had a better morning. Yeah. And I, read for about half an hour before I got on my calls yeah. with the US team. Yeah. 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 Just it's um, yeah, that's part of living. Exactly. Yeah, you, you have those days where you have to do certain things absolutely. Being a book lover both of us and reading, do you have a favorite book and why? And if you have one in the kind of self-development because it's what we tend to focus on here, but any book is fine. Ooh, I have so many books. I'm actually not going to tell you. I don't have a favorite. But I'm going to yeah. tell you what I'm going to read next. Yeah, perfect. I heard about it on a podcast that I was listening to. It's called The Source by a woman called Tara Swati, I think her name yeah. is. She's ex-MIT neuropsychologist mm-hmm. and now works or as a business coach and she does all this fascinating research on – you'll love it. She does heaps of stuff on visualization yeah. and manifestation and it's all rooted in the neurological pathways yeah. that we develop by – these practices of thinking, yeah. it sounds really fascinating. Yeah. So that's yeah. going to be my next read. Yeah. I'll nice. send you a copy. Yeah. No, I think, you know, I think I'm actually already ordered it. Yeah. I ordered more books than I can possibly ever read, but I heard about that book as well and it's, it sounds fascinating. Yeah. So, so you don't have to send me a copy, but I'd love to hear what you think about it. I will. Look in share notes. Share notes, yes, absolutely. I would love to know if you have a favorite Kiki K product or a favorite stationery product. I have bought so many of your products, oh, actually. One of my team, even as my KK president last year, got me a monogrammed black journal from yeah. Kiki K and I filled it so quickly. Thank you very much. I, um, I use a lot of journals. I don't have necessarily a dedicated journaling practice, but I love I keep them everywhere. Like yeah. My husband thinks I'm just crazy book lady, but yeah. I just have little journals, big journals. I go through phases where I have like a three-point gratitude practice and then other times where I don't write anything in there for months. But yeah. I just like having them available, doodling my random thoughts in there. Yeah. 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 Big yeah. journal lover. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Surprise, yeah. <laughs> so one last question for you. If you could go back to your younger self, say when you were in your late teens, what advice would you give yourself knowing what you know now? I was a real worrier. Yeah. I was so conscious of making the right decision and pleasing everybody and I wished that I had been told that it doesn't matter what other people think. Yeah. 
or maybe I was and I just didn't listen, but that's the advice I'd go back and give myself. Yeah. Worry about what you think. Yeah. And if you're true to who you are, then you'll always sort of be perceived as the best version of yourself yeah. anyway. Yeah. So stop trying to please everybody. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the, the thing is that you can never control what other people think anyway and everyone has different point of view. Exactly. And sometimes the people who do not or don't think positive things about you, maybe they are people you don't want to hang with anyway. Exactly. So, so absolutely. I think also in that kind of theme in terms of um, worrying what other people think when you change kind of direction in career or jobs or, or business, that sometimes we worry about other people thinks it's like that's not your business if what they think it's their business exactly yeah so that is a really good one well thank you so much first for spending an hour with me it's been super inspiring and I know our listeners are going to love this episode and thank you for all the good things that you're putting out to the world and inspiring other people who are behind you in terms of starting their business so thank you so much thanks for having me and thank you for questions that allowed me to talk about some things that I'm really passionate about I really appreciate that thank you thank you thanks wow what a great chat that was I just loved speaking with Jess about her experiences growing a global brand as well as her self-care tips and everything in between I love how Jess was so open and honest about learning to understand and listen to her body and how she had to make some serious changes to ensure she was giving herself what she needed each day. The other theme that really resonated with me was how Jess believes strongly in the power of understanding your values and making choices to ensure you are living in alignment with them. I believe that once you have a clear understanding of your values and passions, you are well on your way to working towards the life of your dreams. This is why you will find chapters in my book, Your Dream Life Starts Here, dedicated to finding and exploring your values and how you can let those values guide you in everything you do. If you haven't got a copy yet, it's full of tips and inspiration to help you on the path of living the life of your dreams. It's also full of wonderful stories from some of the most inspiring people who have worked hard to achieve their dreams. If you love this episode, don't forget to subscribe for plenty more inspiration. And please tell us what you thought by leaving us a review. It's been an incredible year and I'd like to thank you all for your support and feedback. I've learned so much over the last 12 months and I hope you have found some inspiring nuggets of wisdom from listening to all the incredibly guests I have spoken to this year. From my family and the entire Kiki K family, I would like to wish you all a very happy new year. I hope 2020 is a wonderful year for you. Until next time, don't forget to dream big and chase those dreams.